Welcome to the Burden and Blessing Podcast, a study and discussion forum on the truth of God's Word. Our summary verses of the books of the Bible introduce us to the theme of each book of the Old and New Testament scriptures so that we might have a deeper appreciation and understanding of God's Word of Truth. We pray that these brief studies will enable you to get more out of your daily reading and hearing of God's Holy Word. Welcome back to Burden and Blessing and our 66 summary verses of the Bible. We continue to be working through the New Testament, each one of these 66 books we have taken a look at and picked one verse that sort of summarizes what the whole book is about. Some of these have been a little bit more challenging than others. We're currently working through the letters of the Apostle Paul. And today we're going to be starting a new group within those, what we call the prison letters. There are about four letters that Paul wrote while he was in prison. Colossians, Philemon, Ephesians, and Philippians are the next four books that we're going to be looking at. And Paul wrote these letters while he was in prison, most likely in Rome. And so all of them have this tie between them. They were all written to people that the Apostle Paul knew during his missionary journeys, the first and second missionary journeys, uh, possibly the third. And so there are some things that tie these together. This group Paul had never actually visited personally, but he did know some of the individuals who were connected to the congregation in Ephesus. So he's writing to a group of believers in the city of Colossae. One of the main issues that he's going to be dealing with has to do with how it is that we are saved. Joining me today is Pastor Neil Radical to take us through our summary verse for this book of Colossians. What are we looking at today for this theology from Colossians, Neil? Like you said, Nathaniel, it's a very thick letter when it comes to the, some very specific doctrines about Christ. Very good confessional letter in the sense of this is what we believe about our Lord and Savior. So we're looking at Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, and we're reading from the English Standard Version because we like the way it reads with the original in that version. He that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Like I said, there's a lot in here that you can unpack here. What I want to focus is on that word image. Because when you look at Colossians, when you look at the whole New Testament, really, really all the Bible, we would recognize in the Garden of Eden that the image of God was lost from Adam and Eve when they fell into sin. We, we mentioned that a little bit last time in our discussion of Romans for a bit. So really, when you think of Colossians here, the Apostle Paul's pointing out to the image of this invisible God has been incarnated, incarnate in Christ our Savior when he took on our flesh, just like John chapter one says, go back and read that if you get a chance sometime today after you listen to this. And that idea of John chapter one points us out that he was there at the beginning of time, just like this verse says, that through him, all things were created. The word that was spoken by the father at creation is that word with Christ and the Holy Spirit was there as well, our triune God, and that all things were created through him. And this image of God, God himself, which of course is a spirit, has now taken on our flesh, our Emmanuel, God now with us, to go through what we go through in this life, face all temptations and defeat them all perfectly as our substitute, as our sacrificial Lord and Savior. 
And so we see, as Paul writes in verse 16 of Colossians 1, by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. That might lead us to think, well, that's not good because we have a lot of evil authorities in charge today. But ultimately what Paul's saying here is that he is in control of all those things. He allows good and evil governments to exist for the purpose of how he is trying to spread the gospel. You think of Rome for just a second. I know how much you like history. And at the time, the worst persecution of Christians of all time, that was when the gospel was first being shared about the way Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified and rose from the dead. And that extreme persecution scattered that word of God throughout the world. And so even in a horrible time with horrible rulers and leaders, God had allowed those things to happen and his appointed time, his appointed way, so that the word of God would spread more quickly and more fervently throughout the world. So again, all about the image of God that was lost in the garden, shown through, as we've said from Romans, demonstrated in Christ, and then gifted to us as we think of this epiphany of what the Lord has revealed to us in our hearts, that we have now regained the image of God because of Christ's righteousness, who has washed us and cleansed us with his blood and given us that gift of eternal life. So a fantastic verse that points to what we've lost, what we've gained, all connected to Christ our Savior. I'd like to hear your, more of your thoughts, Nathaniel. You did such a nice job of pointing out and drawing Jesus out of these verses and who he is and what he came to do, the fact that he is divine. What's amazing to me about this verse in the context of the rest of Colossians, Neil, is that the Apostle Paul was dealing with some pretty serious false teachings. And what does he do? Instead of describing all of the false teaching, he points us to the correct teaching. He points us to the fact that Jesus is the sufficient and the supreme savior of all people. And that is, a, that is such a powerful reminder for us that when we struggle with the day-to-day -day problems of this life, what Paul takes us back to is what we know to be true about who Jesus is. And all of those things that you described that he points us to in that verse, that is our confidence. That is our hope. And that is something that is just as valuable for us today as it was 2,000 years ago for the believers of Colossae. Absolutely. Well said. We both kind of agreed that hymn 743 from uh, the CLC's Tan Worship Supplement here, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise, has some great verses that really reflect on the invisible God taking on our flesh. And so I'd like to read for you these three verses, three of these verses here as kind of a closing thought and prayer. Immortal, invisible, God only wise, in light inaccessible hid from our eyes, most blessed, most glorious, O ancient of days, almighty, victorious, your great name we praise. Unresting, unhasting, and silent as light, not wanting nor wasting, you rule in your might. Your justice, like mountains high soaring above, your clouds, which are fountains of goodness and love. Great Father of glory, pure Father of light, your angels adore you, all veiling their sight. Our praises we enter, O oh, lead us to see the light of your splendor, your love's majesty. Amen. We invite you to listen for new books each week on Burden and Blessing Podcast, where we believe and confess that every word of God is true. We pray that you will be assured that God's word is pure and is more precious than gold.